0: Hi, I'm Kristen Ludlow from NBA Inside Stuff, and you're listening to the Double Clutch Podcast. Hello there, guys, and welcome to the Double Clutch Podcast. I'm Joe Holbert, and I'm joined again by Thomas Robry today. Hello again, Joe. Right, so it's been a it's been a very interesting Christmas period. I've not actually watched many games. Um, I've kept up with it though, so we we will know what we're talking about. There's not really been a lot of news over Christmas, has there? Nothing's really happened. Yeah, not until this week. Yeah, not until this week. And that is, of course, it's a lovely transition. So that is where we're going to start. The Brooklyn Nets decided to... They made, for me, a good decision and a bad decision. The good decision was getting rid of Billy King because...
1: Well, they they didn't get rid of him. They reassigned him.
0: I think it's a polite way of saying, you know, get out. Basically. Because he was probably earning a lot of money, I would imagine, because he's quite in, isn't he? He knows a lot of people. Yeah. So I think... And also, actually, when he made that Garnett and Pierce trade, people thought that was genius. So he probably got a little pay rise out of that at the time.
1: I'd imagine so. It's been a few years since.
0: Because it fairness to it, he did put that team together. But like he, he managed to guess it all together. He just slaughtered their future at the same time. But the Brooklyn Nets, they, they reassigned, quote-unquote, Billy King, and they fired Lionel Hollins, which I thought was a bit harsh. So we'll start with the Hollins side of it, because that is... You know, coaches are a bit more relevant than general managers. What did you make of Hollins' time in Brooklyn? It started off
1: with Promise, obviously, having that team. Like, when he inherited the team from... Um, was it Jason Kidd he got it from for the one year? Yeah, it was. And they could have gone on to stuff, but... I don't know. Hollins, he came over from the Grizzlies, where he built this pretty successful team. And... He's had some good players, but he's not really had much ammunition to get better because King put them in a situation where it was he has to play with them and he can't get anybody else. So he's kind of handcuffed by Billy King.
0: Yeah, certainly this season as well. I thought he did remarkably to get into the playoffs last year. I, I did not think they belonged there. I thought there were better teams that sort of just missed out. Charlotte were one of them. Detroit as well, who ended the season really well last year. But
1: yeah, Indiana as well. They're Indiana, yeah, right
0: up. Up. yeah. And Paul George came back as well at the end, didn't he? But yeah, he. I think he did well with what he had. I can understand why they've got rid of him because he's not really a player developer. He's a guy who he puts a good defensive system in there, and I think he can create an offense out of what he's got. They, they're not very exciting to watch, but they don't really have any exciting players. I
1: was gonna say, it's quite hard to be exciting when you've got Shane Larkin and Donald Sloan as your point
0: guards. Yeah, that's the thing, that like, all, all, up tempo basketball systems, it starts with your point guard. That's, yeah, you know, why do people think Alvin Gentry and Mike D'Antoni have been successful? because they've had Stephen Ash and Steph Curry, among others, and they, you, Shane Larkin wouldn't even, I think if he came to Minnesota he'd probably be our fourth choice point guard like he's really bad at basketball.
1: Yeah, which is weird because when he was at Miami the college he was known for like they ran an uptempo system and he was this scoring god and it just hasn't translated at all. He's bounced around the NBA a bit. And I d- I don't want to hate on him cuz he was so good in college and I loved watching him but He's just not an NBA player. He's too small, and he's not as quick as I thought he was. I was no. surprised they didn't make a move for Tony Rotan when he was waived by Philadelphia.
0: Yeah, I was going to bring him up because when it happened, you were tweeting quite a lot about that. Do you really think he would have given them? Obviously, not a massive upgrade because if you get released by the Sixers, you're, you're not given. Well, he got a released outbreak. from the
1: Sixers because he got he was injured last year and came back this year. But before his injury, he was playing. He was their best player. He was out playing Michael Carter Williams when they had him. And I just think that they got rid of him because they had to make room for Ish Smith. And Ish Smith has been really good since he's been
0: back in Philadelphia. Yeah, they run a ridiculously quick offense with him, don't they? Yeah, they were they were on like 108.5 pace, which is ridiculous. Yeah, to put that into perspective, the highest in the league I think is Sacramento. They run about 101. Yeah, it just
1: goes on, and that system becomes ridiculous. But I don't know, Roten, when he's healthy, he is a pretty good point guard, and he's only about 24, 25.
0: Well, he's better than Donald Sloan, isn't
1: he? Yeah, he's a lot better than Sloan. He's a lot better than Larkin. And that's what they're stuck with now. I don't know why you wouldn't make that move.
0: I kind of felt sorry for um, Hollins, because he nearly took the Minnesota job. And I'm kind of glad we avoided that now. Yeah, but
1: you know that's going to come up now.
0: Yeah, certainly. I think he's friends with our owner. And actually, I I think he lives in Minnesota. Well, certainly, I know his son plays for uh, the Minnesota basketball team, the college one, so I don't know what will happen there. But I thought he did a, a decent job in Brooklyn. He had no talent to work with. The last year, Darren Williams just wasn't interested in being there. You can see from how Darren's been at Dallas that he had the ability. It's, it's really hard to go to work when you've just got people who really don't care about the Yeah, and the this job.
1: year, he wasn't going to be good because like, Jarrett Jack was actually having a decent year and then he got injured for the season. Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, who's looked really good for them when he's been healthy, can't stay healthy. Chris McCullough, their other draft pick, can't stay healthy. And It's just injury upon injury and then a talent lacking, a uh, roster lacking any talent and there's not a lot you can do, is there?
0: No, there's really not, I think. People kind of expect others to just sort of, you know, drag a team to the playoffs, but it's it's not easy, is it? No, and you know, there's rumours. I read an article earlier this week that um, Joe Johnson
1: hates young players. And he's your best player supposedly, or he's making the most money. If the guy who's supposed to be a mentor hates young players, what hope do they have?
0: Yeah, the problem, the thing I find with Joe Johnson is he's ridiculously laid back, isn't he? You, you interview him after a loss, and he'll go, well, "I just didn't you know, go very well today." And I, I don't really hate that because not everyone is Kevin Garnett, but it must be frustrating for Brooklyn fans where they get they get blown out by. They lose they lost to someone I think they lost to the Suns recently. And Suns are not a good team, they're really bad. And for your best player to come out well one of your best players to come out and say, Oh it just didn't work it must be annoying. That whole franchise is a mess. Hollins I thought was just well he was he had his hands tied. Coaches can only do so much, but Billy King that's obviously the most important part of this. Comfortably the worst GM of all time or certainly up there.
1: Since I've been watching basketball, yeah, without question. I, I don't like Sam Hinkie, but at least Hinkie has acquired assets and he's got young potential stars. What Billy King? The problem with Billy King is he made trades and he made the right trades. The thing he failed to do was put protections on the draft picks he sent away.
0: Yeah, that's I, all he had to do, and they would have kept the most of them, but he didn't. the The worst trade he made was he gave up. A first rounder for Gerald Wallace. And that first rounder turned out to be Damian Lillard. I know Gerald Wallace was decent back then, but was he I don't think he was ever worth first round. Looking at his stat line from that season for Portland, it was thirteen point three points, two point seven assists, six point six rebounds, shot forty seven percent from the field, twenty twenty six from downtown. Like you don't give up a first rounder for those numbers, especially when it's a high pick. He that was the worst trade that's probably the one that really helps them the most.
1: Yeah, especially when you see it's Damian Lillard who's been great. You could have had Lillard. So, I don't know. I just think Billy King... The, the thing is, Billy King was allowed to make these trades by Prokhorov. Yes. the Prokhorov has to take some of the blame. I think he's a terrific owner. He loves his team. He's going to put as much money into them as possible. But he basically allowed King to do whatever he want without checking on him
0: yeah I think the reason he let him do that was because he did get Garnett and Pierce to Brooklyn for what everyone thought was a you know but everyone thought Boston got ripped off and in hindsight we know that's not the case but the fact he managed to orchestrate that I think Prokhorst went yeah I trust this guy he's given me two first ballot Hall of Famers so th- that might be some of it but even then obviously we're looking back now and we write of a guy called Lewis Jones, who is a big Brooklyn Nets fan. Follow him at BK Nets UK on Twitter. But yeah, what's what's Lewis thinking about?
1: Well, this, this is a statement he gave me. Uh, it says uh, this is about keeping Billy King, just reassigning him. He said it's stupid keeping him, let alone asking him to help looking for a new GM. They're obviously mates, Prokhorov and King, and Prokhorov didn't want to fire him. But King has doomed the franchise and, and nothing he has done has really benefited us. He's, um, he's got away with it and has been left to do it by Prokhorov. As much his fault as King's. I don't want Tim in the organization at all. As soon as the ink was settle, settling on the Celtics trade, he should have been shown the door.
0: Jesus Christ, that's a, that's a more, um, heartfelt statement than I expected.
1: Yeah, he's really not a fan of Billy King.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't blame him It must be awful knowing that your team sucks And it's going to suck for two years Because Boston have the right to swap picks next year And I think they have the pick for the next year after So it's, it's not looking good One thing I came up with, it was a trade idea I saw Brook Lopez on an article I think the article was called something like Players who should be dealt at the trade. Down. One of them was Brooke Lopez, and one of the recommended teams was the Wizards. So that go ahead spinning. I thought a good trade would be Brooke, Lizard, Brooke Lopez to the Wizards in exchange for Kelly Oubre, Martin Gortat, the Wizards first rounder this year, and maybe another sort of role player like Garrett yeah, Temple. Yeah, you'd have to
1: throw in like Garrett Temple. Yeah, yeah
0: I think so. And Garrett Temple would immediately become their best point guard, but. Do you think that Lopez needs to be traded? Because I I think they need a pick this year.
1: Yeah, I love Lopez. I think he's arguably the second best scoring center in the NBA. But why give him that sixty million?
0: I think it's a sixty million dollar contract. He got. He's only about twenty one million a year, I think.
1: Yeah, I I would trade him because, like you said, they need a pick. They're desperate for a pick. The free agent class isn't as talented as the cap spaces because like the cap space is rising to 120 million. But the free agent class hasn't got many players worth a max contract. They have to draft a guy and develop a guy. So they're going to have to get rid of the likes of Thaddeus Young and Brooke Lopez. And that, that trade, I really liked it when you recommended it.
0: Yeah. I thought it was fair because Kelly Oubre is a good little um, wing player, isn't he? I've, I watched the Wizards last night and he played about what, 12 minutes. He was really good. He was good in his limited minutes and they need some young players to develop it. Joe Johnson, I think they'll just let him ride out that contract. I don't. Well, really
1: there's been rumours that he he was initially trying to get a buyout from the Nets or the Nets had offered him a buyout but he turned it down. <laughs> oh, I'd turn it down too if I was him. I'm making 25 million. He's not going to make
0: that elsewhere. No, you're definitely right and I don't think anyone will trade for him at this point because that's a lot of money and his numbers have dived off a cliff this year. Yeah,
1: and you'd have to give up a lot to match that money.
0: Most definitely. He's been a really consistent player throughout his career, Joe Johnson, as well, which is a bit of a shame to see him just completely plummet like this because for the last couple of years, he's always been considered a sort of... a a guy a contender would go after at free, um, free agent, didn't he?
1: Yeah, well, there was rumours this year of Memphis or Cleveland going in for him. Yes. Obviously, that hasn't turned into anything yet.
0: I'm not sure it will, either. I think people would much rather go for someone like Kevin Martin, who's younger and putting up slightly better numbers.
1: Yeah, he's still a better shooter.
0: (laughs) Definitely, but he's the worst defender I've ever seen. But anyway, Kevin Martin for another time. So... Last thoughts on the Nets before we move on to the Wizards. What have they got to do?
1: Not hire John Calipari for 10 years, 120 million. That would be the most stupid thing they could do because he was an awful coach in the 90s in the NBA and he's got this legacy at Kentucky. And I think anybody hiring him for that long is a fool because he's not worth that money because he wants to be a head coach and
0: GM and he shouldn't be. He wants a lot of control, doesn't he? Because that's what he has at uh, Kentucky. He does, but I think, for me, if I was a Nets
1: fan, I'd want... It. Now is the chance to develop coaches just as much as it is to develop players. To so go after a young coach such as Sam Kassiel or Ime Uduka, and develop them. There's yeah. been a lot of rumours that um, CSKA Moscow, I think, their GM, Andre Vatutin, might be going over.
0: He builds but, winning teams, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, he does. He's won a lot. But they can't. if I was them, why go through the same coaches and GMs that every other team has gone through? Yeah. Now's the time to be different, trying
0: I think, something. I think the coaching carousel's kind of dead, isn't it, really? Because a few years ago, a couple of names I'll throw about your brother, you. know, Nate McMillan was coaching. He's not gone another job. Mike D'Antoni's kind of on that coaching carousel. Well, I,
1: I was listening to um, the Ion Basketball podcast earlier. And they said why not get Brian Colangelo, who was in Toronto, as your GM and get Mike Dantoni as your head coach, which is they worked together in Phoenix, which was pretty successful. Which I think I mean that could work. They've there's tandem that knows each other well, and Dantoni can recruit. He can,
0: but my would he be able to develop a defensive identity, or do they not really need that?
1: Well, they can get a guy who's a defensive coach as a assistant coach or something.
0: Do you know they can have? Who? Sam Mitchell. I mean, Mitchell's probably going to go into an assistant coaching role after. He's a good assistant, but beyond that, goodness me, no. But anyway, yeah, Mike, I'd like to see my D'Antoni. I love Mike D'Antoni. His system is brilliant to watch, so...
1: I'm waiting for D'Antoni to go to Washington.
0: <laughs> oh, I'd love to see that. They they need someone like that. But, well, actually, we can use that as a transition into the Wizards. Now, my theory on the Wizards is that they're boom or bust. They either absolutely plunder you. Yeah, you know, they, they, they truly batter you. But the problem is with their approach is they give up so many points because they're always looking to get out and run, and they sort of lose concentration. What 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 have you made of the Wizards' approach to small ball?
1: Oh, oh well, because it's Randy Whitman, they've been a bit tentative towards it. They haven't gone all in like they probably should have. Uh, the, the thing that really annoys me with them is the usage of John Wall. He's developed into one of the best three-point shooters at his position. He's easily the fastest point guard. He's developed this like reading of defences that he hasn't had before, and yet they still have him shooting mid-range twos quite a lot.
0: Yeah, he, uh, last night went, obviously I'm not going to judge his whole season on last night, but he went 7 for 19 from the field, but only, two, only four of those shots were from three. So yeah, they did shoot a lot of mid-range jumpers, but I think... Whitman sort of thought oh because we've taken them quickly I'm playing small ball but that's not really how it works
1: yeah you can't just get into (laughs) the usual positions you get and shoot fast and go oh there we go
0: (laughs) yeah well that's basically what it was and I think they they run it they they space the floor nicely but the problems at the other end yes they're pretty banged up at the moment gortal has got some disease in his knee apparently so he's got to have surgery on that but they played Nene centre Jared Dudley was their power forward. I think he's a bit undersized for that. Yeah, I think he's only like six eight. Yeah, and he was up against Miritich, Gasol and Gibson, which is probably the ugliest front court I've ever seen. There's no floor spacing mm-hmm. in that, but <laughs> but either way, that's just last, like last year they weren't fun to watch, but I think they were better than they are now. They we all had a go at Whitman all season, but they did they did grind out wins. And they turned it on at the right time in the playoffs. Now, they, they, they're they not even making the playoffs at this rate.
1: No, which is annoying because I think I had them like third or fourth. It's, what's been disappointing is Otto Porter stepped up big time in the playoffs. He looked like he was going to be an emerging player this year. And he's just regressed back into average Otto Porter. He can, he's better at defending this year, but offensively he's just the same. Just pretty average which is annoying and Bradley beale has been injured like on and off he's supposed to be a guy who could potentially get a max he needs to stay healthy
0: most definitely they've got some they've, they really did invest in the shooters didn't they this summer you know Gary Neal Kelly Oubre Alan Anderson Alan Anderson yep Jared Dudley as well good one of the better three point shooters in the league but They've sort of moved away from the defensive identity. I think they're going in the right direction, but maybe they need to pay Bradley Beal as well this summer, as you just said. and It's it's a big one. It really is. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens.
1: Well, I think they've got to pay Beal, because in Beal and Wall, they have easily the Eastern Conference best back up.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that.
1: I mean, the second best is Toronto,
0: and I think they're way ahead
1: of Toronto just because of how good John Wall is.
0: Yes, I'd definitely go with that. Uh... The
1: thing I've really just baffled me this year watching Washington is what well, I know they want to play small, but can they? He doesn't do it as much anymore, but Chris Humphreys and Drew Gooden shooting freeze—it is ugly. Yeah, they need a proper
0: stretch for. They They've got power they do. They've We've got discussed powerful. Ryan
1: Anderson, and yet yeah, they keep tr- just trying to get Humphreys and Goose and shoot Breeze, and it just doesn't work.
0: No, I can understand the thinking, because they're both good mid-range shooters, but you, so you sometimes you just don't have that range about you, and Anderson is on the trade block, supposedly. So he's he's an option for them, I guess. I don't really know what they'd give up, because they wouldn't give up Wall or Beal. Or Porter, I don't think, so they'd have to definitely think about a deal for that. But, <sighs> either way, it's just been a pretty disappointing season for the Wizards, and gortas injury does not help, because he's for me, one of the more underrated players in the whole NBA. He really is.
1: He was good for Phoenix, and then got traded, and he's been solid for Washington, and he just doesn't get any love, does he?
0: No, he really doesn't. It's a- Big shame, to be honest. But I'm sure he doesn't care. He's a nutter. He's a big. He's a big guy. I'm sure he can sleep at night with all that money. But wizards go out. I like hot takes on this podcast. Will they make the playoffs? Um, I hope so, but I don't think so. No, I'm just going to look at it now. The conference standings because it's it's starting to heat up, and well, you you've got to think. The current top five will all make it: Cleveland, Toronto, Chicago, Atlanta, Miami. I, are we going to rule any of them out, or are we both kind of in agreement? There, no,
1: yeah, I put all of them.
0: In. And then for the, I think Milwaukee are out of the race. So Milwaukee, Brooklyn, and Philly, I don't think they got any chance. Milwaukee, for me, as me and Matt kind of discussed last week, they've the Brandon Knight trade is one of the worst in history. I'm, I'm not even exaggerating with that.
1: That's yeah, there's a reason I picked. Milwaukee dropping out of the playoffs and nobody else did.
0: I had them getting forty-eight wins. That's out of the window. Yeah, <laughs> it's me. <laughs> yeah, that prediction is gone. If for my prediction to come true, they will have to go like thirty-three and eight. I think in their last uh, in their last couple of games, that's not happening, is it? No. But then it's between Indiana, Detroit, Orlando, Boston, New York, Washington, and Charlotte. For three spots. I'm gonna probably throw Detroit to get one of them just because they're really good at defense and that's.
1: Out of the ones left, I'd put Detroit, Indiana, and I'm keeping my Knicks in the eighth spot.
0: Yeah, I like the Knicks, they fun at to the, watch. I'm
1: keeping that there because the Pozingas Mellow combo has been really good as of late.
0: Yeah, I'd probably go Detroit and Indiana, and then it's going to be one of Boston or New York. I think Orlando will drop off. Promise problem of Orlando, they don't win enough games against teams at their level. Yeah, they're happy to go and beat Philly or Milwaukee, but when they come up against a, a Detroit or an Indiana, they don't win. They get outdone. I don't really know whose fault that is, but it does happen. I think it's just their youth. Yeah, it's definitely an experience, isn't it? They've got a lot of talent there. No, Without
1: question, I, I, I feel more comfortable about Orlando going Into the future than I do Milwaukee and Boston because their team has got so many good young players at every position.
0: Yes, they've and they got tradable assets as well as we. Yeah, I think I discussed the certainly discussed the um my Demarcus Cousins to Magic scenario, which isn't going to happen anymore. We'll speak about late about that later. But um, obviously. Yeah, it's going to be a, the East is fascinating for me. Um, the top eight in the West, I think that's the way it's going to stay now. Not maybe they'll change order, but Sacramento is the only team I could see pushing into the Western playoffs. I think Portland, Denver, Phoenix, Mini, New Orleans, and certainly the Lakers are all out of that race. So the East is where it's going to get competitive. I think we could both agree on that.
1: Yeah, I, I'm very happy that the Eastern Conference is better
0: again. Yeah, so am I. It's good to see. I don't think there'll be any losing records in the playoffs which is great. I think Brooklyn last year were in the playoffs with like a thirty three and forty one record. Which is sorry, thirty eight and forty one maybe that's that's Yeah, there good. was a year that Milwaukee
1: got in as the eighth seed against LeBron's Heat and they were like thirty seven wins.
0: Yeah, yeah, I remember that, they got battered didn't they?
1: Yeah, after Actually, Brandon Jennings said that they'd beat them in
0: seven. <laughs> I think uh Eric Spolstra put the uh put the bench units in for I game, would. For game four. awful. Yeah, that was when they fired Scott Scars and they had Jim Boylan, head coach, which is not great. But yes, we will now move on to the thing Thomas wanted to, me to talk about, and I'm quite happy to be talking about it as well, because we've not really discussed it, but rookies. So we're going to talk about, we're not going to talk about Towns, Porzingis, Russell, that's, it's not boring, they're all very good players, but we've spoken about them in depth on this pod. So we're going to talk about some of the lower down guys. We're just gonna go kind of bounce off each other, just name a rookie and talk about him. so Thomas, who would you like to talk about first?
1: The power forward for the Utah Jazz, Trey Lyles.
0: Yeah, he's not very good, is he?
1: He's awful. He <laughs> cannot set a screen to save his life. He can't shoot very well. He doesn't do much defensively, but he can rebound. He's basically Thomas Robinson.
0: It's like Reggie Evans.
1: Yeah, he's, that, that's basically what he is. He, I mean, he could have a long career as a Reggie Evans-type rebounding, but they spent a first-round draft pick on a guy who can't do anything.
0: I hated the pick at the time because I felt they could have done more with it. I think Devin Booker was still available. Yeah, he was. I'm just looking at draft now. Devin Booker was still available. Trey that lost. was
1: Bobby Porter's was
0: Yeah, there were a lot. Kelly Oubre, Rashad Vaughn, Sam Decker... All of these guys were available. And for whatever reason, they decided to avoid them. But um there's no point talking about the Utah making the wrong pit because we said that months ago on our draft podcast. But is he realistically ever going to develop in that team? Because for me and Derek Favors, they've got maybe the best young... Pa- uh, other than Davis, obviously. Oh, I love Derek Favors. And, I yeah, would I do not... as well. I think he's got fantastic post moves.
1: Yeah, well, you've got Hayward Favors and Gobert as your front court. I know you need depth at that position, but you've got Trevor Booker, who's a lot better.
0: They've got Jeff Wivy as well, who I quite yeah. like.
1: So I don't really understand that pick. They could have got a wing that made more sense. I I think Lyles is the main rookie who will get traded at some point this year.
0: Yes. And I would not be shocked if it was Philadelphia who went knocking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they like uh, power forwards, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, he's been very disappointed because we, uh, re-battle. we write with, uh, Dan Moore, don't we? He's a big jazz fan and he just kind of says, yeah, he sucks, he's, he's not great and obviously he wants to be patient with him. Because you do, don't you? You don't just abandon your rookie after five months, but it's very, very interesting to just sort of see how bad Lyles has been. Yeah, he doesn't really fit in. I've seen at
1: times they use Joe Ingles as a four instead of him. I'm not, I am I really don't like Joe Ingles, but... I mean, Lyles has got to show more, and you can't say it's bad coaching, because Quinn Snyder, he's made that team good. Yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? It just looks like a, a bad pick, and he might develop, but it's not, he's not doing it this year.
0: No, certainly not. I think that's out of the window. If you're a power four... Do you know, what, if he could set screens and rebound, I think he'd make a solid career. But there's plenty of players who can just do that. Because if you can set screens now, Snyder Snyder and I think they've got um some big Russian assistant called Koskov, and I think he helps with players shooting. So they could just if he could screen, they could go, right, you're screen and rebound now, we need to work on a mid range shot. That's a solid NBA player right there. That's three of the big skills. Screening, rebounding, shooting. That's That's fine, but if he can't screen... I know he's only 20, but that's quite worrying. It It is, because screening's not hard.
1: No. It's basically just standing in front of a guy. And, I mean, a little bit more than that, because you have to get it right and not set an illegal screen, but it's not hard, and yet he can't do it. I watched the one game earlier in the year, and he's tried setting three screens and fouled on each of them. I just don't get how you can be that bad when you're a first round draft pick.
0: Yes, it's, it's not great. If he was a second rounder, I don't even think we'd be talking about him. It's just the fact they they used such a high pick on him. But yeah, let's, let's talk about some more rookies because they're quite interesting. The one I want to talk about is one who, when he was drafted by the Charlotte Hornets, a lot of people didn't like the pick. They were saying, oh, he's only got one post move which is the, I think it's a right-handed jump hook. That was basically his main one at college. Yeah, he
1: faked left and then did the right-handed jump hook. did it all the
0: time, and I loved it. That's brilliant. Frank Kaminsky. I really like this guy, because, right, Michael Jordan, people can talk about what, as him, him as an owner as what they want, but I think if you've played for that long, you can kind of spot talent, and I really think he got that pick right with Frank Kaminsky. I've, I've really enjoyed watching him.
1: Yeah, I love Kaminsky. I think he's fit into that system much better than anybody thought he would. And I think his play this year, as both a power forward and a center, may result in Charlotte not paying Al Jefferson in the summer
0: because Al's—I think he's 31 now. Yeah, he's looked—he's got a lot of injuries this year as well. And he's looked a little bit past it.
1: Yeah, and you I mean, you can pay—you don't have to pay Kaminsky for at least another year, and he's proven he can fit in your system. And like, they've got a decent pick-and-roll going with like, Bort Kemba and Kaminsky, and then even Jeremy Lynn when he comes in. I really like the way he's put into their team and I think Clifford has got the best out of him.
0: Yeah, Clifford's a really good coach, isn't he?
1: He's a really good coach.
0: Yeah, they're 17 and 20. I kind of feel sorry for him because he's done a fantastic job there. They just need a little bit more talent on the roster, but... Yeah, Kaminsky's good, they're better with him on the court at both ends looking at the stats now. He's got better numbers, like let's put it this way.
1: People were freaking out because Charlotte supposedly turned down a hold from Boston to Boston could get Justice Winslow. He's got better numbers than Winslow in nearly every category.
0: Yeah, and he's certainly got a better jump shot than Winslow. Yeah,
1: I mean, Winslow, well, I think he's a better defender. Well, that's expected. But in basically every other category, Kaminsky's better.
0: But yeah, there's there's definitely an element of that, isn't there, that just sort of... I remember we saw that. Was it four first-rounders?
1: Yeah, it was so, something like that for the next couple of years.
0: But you look at who Boston used those first-rounders on. RJ Hunter and Terry Rozier, they've not done anything.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: You're not good. I think people just go, oh, first-rounders, but... I don't think they've even played many minutes between them. No, but are they ever going to? Because Boston are a team that's got a lot of cat rims, It's, it's Danny
1: Ainge. He's, he's tr- drafted them so he can trade them.
0: Yeah, I that's think essentially so. essentially all he's done. But I think... You're going to get... On average, you're going to get a better guy at ninth pick than you are down at 16 or 28. Boston are a good team, so they're never really going to get many lottery picks. And Kaminsky... That, for me, looks like the right move at the moment.
1: Yeah, it does for me. And they can people will say, well, they could have had several draft picks, but draft picks, even ones in the future, are going on guys who are unproven. So why not take the risk now rather than taking the risk later? Which I is how so. I see it.
0: Yeah, that's, I think they got that. I think Rich Cho had a good off-season. I really do. I think he got a lot of decisions right.
1: Especially Nicholas Batum. Jesus, yeah. that guy's been good.
0: Yeah, he's going to get paid, isn't he? Yeah,
1: and he's gonna be, he should be an all-star.
0: I hope he is, because fan voting's a, you're a crock shit, if you ask me.
1: Don't even do not get me started <laughs> on fan voting.
0: I hate it in every single sport. Mike, what, the thing is with Kobe Bryant, people are going, right, it's his last year. It's Kevin Garnett's last year. He's been just as good as Kobe Bryant. So why is Kevin Garnett not in the All-Star Game as well? That's the thing, you get into this big pissing contest if you go through it like that, because it's probably Vince Carter's last year. So why isn't he at the All-Star Game? That That's why, when you boil this argument down, it's absolute rubbish, because then you're having to play, like, four guys. I just don't
1: get it. They're like, oh, well, we need a farewell for Kobe. He's having a freaking farewell tour at every arena. He gets special treatment, and he gets this big ceremony. The All-Star Game... Is supposed to commemorate, like, like give an achieve, is an achievement for guys who have been the best at their position in their conference this year. Kobe has been god awful. Yeah, he has. I just don't get how you can allow him to be in it. And Kyrie Irving is ahead of John Wall, Kyle Lowry, and Reggie Jackson in the East. What's up with that? Yeah,
0: certainly Reggie Jackson. That's Insulting. It really it's is.
1: laughable that fans get to vote
0: in these things. They shouldn't. No, I, that's what. Do the fans vote in the NFL? Yeah, they do. But fans vote better, clearly. Because I didn't look at the Pro Bowl for NFL this year and go, that's terrible. There are a couple of miss outs, but it's sort of the, the idea you can't fit everyone in. But that's no one's problem with the basketball one. It's
1: What's really annoying with it is a lot of you guys who don't don't think they're deserving will say don't vote for me if you do i'm just going to back out anyway it's kobe he's not going to do that he's a douche
0: yeah he won't be doing that will he
1: no he's just going to go okay yeah i'll take it and i'll (laughs) have all the attention on me what i really want is um hassan Has said if he gets to the all-star game he's going to play defense i want him to freaking posterize kobe
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes that would be enjoyable
1: That's all I want to see. Hassan Whiteside ever deny or posterize Kobe Bryant?
0: That would be good. Everyone would enjoy that, apart from Matt, obviously. Any more rookies you want to discuss? Yeah, Nikola Jokic. Okay, yeah, a guy drafted by the
1: Nuggets with the forty-second pick in twenty fourteen, and for me, he's been the fourth best rookie this season. I think he's been terrific. He's averaging eight point six. Points per game, 5.5 rebounds, and his PER is 20.68. He's clearly been Denver's best forward. He's great. He plays as a centre and a power forward, but he's shown versatility. He's great in a pick and roll. And I'm really looking forward to seeing him and Moudier develop in the future. Because, my God, does Tim Connolly know how to draft foreign guys.
0: Yeah, Jokic was one of the guys you were quite high on coming into the year and again, just looking at the stats now, you are much better with him on the court, especially defensively.
1: Yeah, he's great. He's so long.
0: Yeah, he's he looks good. He's one of those sort of well seemingly un he's six foot eleven, so he's not really undersized, but uh for a basketball centre he's undersized, most definitely. But he just seem Europe seems to develop these centres, don't they? the sort of small ball centre that you're seeing more and more of them coming to the league now.
1: Yeah, I think my favourite thing about Jokic is um, we drafted him in 2014 and before this year's draft, somebody asked, I think it was Mark Spears, if Jokic was in this year's draft, where would he be? And he said top 10 without any question. Mm. And he's proven it this year. He's been terrific. I really like the way he plays. So, I'm. Um, I hate Tim Conley because he's made some bad choices, but he knows how to draft foreign guys, so I'm looking forward to Dragon Bender this year.
0: There's certainly some good foreigners coming over now, which is good, but I hate how they all get compared to Dirk Nowitzki. That's yeah, really annoying.
1: That really annoys me. I, Dirk is a special player. He's, we're never going to see another guy like him. I love Pozingis. I was high on Pozingis. He's not going to be Dirk. Dirk is one of the possibly 10 greatest players of all time.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, certainly.
1: So I, it's just a stupid comparison.
0: It's annoying. Comparing
1: Ben Simmons to LeBron James, which I saw the other day.
0: Yeah, that's been flying around a lot, that one.
1: Yeah, I I don't get it. I love Simmons. He's so good, but he's not LeBron James.
0: Well, no, there's not going to be another LeBron James, as far as I'm concerned. Well, I can obviously say that, but certainly I can't see it. It's just the way LeBron can dominate a game single-handedly, and he can do everything. To yeah, top and level. I know
1: people will say Simmons has proven he can do a lot. He he's so good at setting up his teammates. He's he's like a proper point forward. He's but LeBron James is the only player in the NBA when if when he's at a hundred percent, nobody is stopping him. Yeah, I mean I love Steph. He's a great shooter. a good passer. Can take over a game. But I'm picking LeBron James over Steph Curry.
0: Oh, I am as well, just because he's a better defender.
1: I mean, look what he did in the play- in the finals last year. It was him and a bunch of scrubs, and he still managed to win two games. Yeah. Averaging 40 points, was it?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. He's crazy good. Really is. And last rookie I want to talk about, he's not actually really played that much, but... Willie Cauley-Stein, when he was drafted, I didn't get it, but he, he kind of fits George Carl's system well. We spoke about Lyles earlier, whereas we we need Lyles to be screening and rebounding, but that's kind of what Cauley-Stein does, and he's a good defender. Do you think he's a long-term piece for that Kings team?
1: I do. I think next year is when we'll see him take steps, and I think he'll oust Costa Cufos as DeMarcus Cousins' primary backup. I think if he develops a shot a bit more, he could be legit four next to Boogie Cousins.
0: Yeah, I like, oh, Cousins, what a player he is. We'll talk about the Kings in a minute, but I like I like what Corley Steiner's has done. He's kept it very simple. He's not tried to do anything too drastic. Again, his numbers blow anyone out of the water, but he's he's very effective when he's on the court, and they're yeah. very fun to watch.
1: He reminds me of... um Zaza Petrulia, like the impact he's had in Dallas. Obviously, it's not been as effective, but he doesn't do anything spectacularly. But he does the little things well. And I think, like you said, when he was drafted, you and I were not very high on it. We thought it was a wasted pick when they could have had Nudier or somebody like that. But he's looking like a decent draft pick. Still bent a bit too high for me, but he looks like a decent player for them.
0: Yeah, it looks like Vlade got that one right.
1: He got a few things right, didn't he? Rondo? I mean... <laughs> Rondo's a dick off the court, but he's been playing some of the best basketball of his career this year.
0: He's brilliant, hasn't he? He really suits George Carroll's system.
1: Yeah, he's getting paid. I, I I, know he had that gay slur, which is unforgivable. But you've got to pay him on what he does on the court, and this season he's proven he might be a max player again. Yeah. And yes. I think you were right on the last pod when you said it was um more down to his system, George Carl's system, than it is Rondo. Mm-hmm. But that's, I think Sacramento hit a winner with that one.
0: They certainly did. They had a good off-season in hindsight. Bellinelli, was, I watched them against Dallas, he was superb. He hit a couple of really clutch threes. They should have won that game. They just they kingsed it at the end, so they just got really <laughs> unlucky.
1: That's a, that's a term I've not used before, but I think I'm going to use it. They kingsed
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that it just... The, the winner by Williams in that game summed up the kings since Rick Adelman left back in 2006. Just a mess.
1: Although, once more, Rondo did a douchey thing by uh, trying to kick Darren's foot.
0: Yeah, I saw that, actually.
1: What's he doing?
0: I don't know. He was on the bench that game being the cheerleader, basically.
1: Yeah, I think, from what I heard, apparently he's claiming he was pointing to Darren how close to the um, line he was. But he clearly went to kick his foot.
0: Yeah, he did. But We can actually use that to, as a way to transition into the Kings there. Only one and a half games off the playoffs at this point. Oh, sorry, two games. They're two games behind Utah. Can they do it? I think they can. I think...
1: As, I like Utah. I'm fairly sure I had the Kings... Uh, the Suns and Utah in. Yet yeah, the Suns ain't getting in. But, like, Utah... They're decimated by injuries. And I think that's going to be what gets Sacramento in. And I I legitimately think they could do it. Omri Caspi's having a really good year. bellinelli has been pretty good. Rondo's been excellent. Boogie Cousins is... Amazing. He's, as long as you've got a true superstar like bookie Cousins, you've got you've got a chance.
0: He's pushing top five players in the league, isn't he?
1: Yeah, he's clearly the best center in the league. The the argument is usually him or Marcus Gasol.
0: Oh, he's blown Gasol out. Yeah, of he's on now. a different
1: level. It's ridiculous. He how can he shoot. He's.
0: He can shoot threes as well.
1: People hate him. Like you look at all the voting for like All Star, not by fans, but like when the coaches get to have a vote. They hate Boogie Cousins, and apparently the Team USA set up hate Boogie Cousins. He's my favourite player. He's one of mine. I love everything he does on the court. He's phenomenal. He
0: I, did, I he really cares. hope he gets it. He really cares. Like For a guy who just seems to have this well, slightly negative attitude, he, he genuinely does care about the Kings. Like he, he doesn't have to be there right now. He signed a big extension. He didn't have to do that.
1: No, and he could have made a, I mean he could have made a bigger deal out of the George Carl thing than he did and I know he apparently he was devastated when Michael Malone was fired but he's been incredible he's I, I believe he's currently averaging a career high 25.6 points he's killing people I really like watching him play
0: he takes games by the scruff of the neck as well he's happy to put the team on his back and make mistakes and learn from him he's only 25 like they could have him for another eight years. And whenever he's there, you're in with a chance.
1: Well, you've think... got a choice. You've got to pay John Calipari 10 years, 120 million. Or Boogie Cousins. Who are you playing? Well, Cousins, yeah. that question, right? I mean, it... the Kings, as much as I hate to say it, because I'm not a fan of Vladdy, and I hate that he's just made random positions in the organisation for his former teammates but man if he manages to keep boogie and keeps making decisions like rondo they're gonna be really good
0: yeah they he's made good decisions i think this has done a lot of good for the um what's the word i'm looking for the sort of image of them from the outside because they've got a, a hall of fame coach they've got one of the best players in the league they've got they've and also they've made rondo good again Like, that shows that there is some inner structure to that organisation that many believed wasn't there. Yeah, they've been close to
1: imploding several times, mainly because of Rondo, to be fair. But they've kept it together. And everybody thought they were going to be this massive mess this year. And they've just not been. They've been a pleasant surprise. They play attractive basketball because of George Carr's system. And like you said, they've got a true superstar. So, I mean, fair plays with them. I wasn't expecting them to be this stable.
0: Yeah, he's done a good job, George Carr, and all of that. But, yeah, I think they'll make the Ape seed. I think they'll get in over Utah. That's my prediction for now. It's it's exciting times for the Kings. It's probably the best they've been since Rick Adelman left. I <laughs>
1: question. This is a game he had the other day, Demarcus Cousins, against the Clippers. He had 32 points, 13 rebounds, uh, hit 72% of his free throws, and he took, he made 4 of 5 free pointers. Jesus Christ. <laughs> which is ridiculous. He's insane. 10 of 21 from the field, 4 of 5 free pointers, that's crazy.
0: They're my favourite team to watch. I'd probably watch all of their games if they weren't on the West Coast. They're really good fun to watch. They really push the tempo. And you know, because you watched George Carl's Nuggets for, what, 10 years? Yeah, we watched them for a while. I watched them for a while. I love Carl's system. If we, The the
1: thing is, everybody said about George Carl's system in Denver is that we never had a superstar. Like, when we got to the playoffs of the year, we lost to Golden State. We were supposed to go through. Everybody had us going through. The issue people had was we didn't have a star. That's not a problem in Sacramento. And I I would say that their pieces around him are as good as the pieces we had in Denver. So if they should be able to do what we couldn't and get to the playoffs and possibly advance. Not this year because they're going to get killed by Golden State. But maybe next
0: year. Yeah, I think so. It's good times for the Kings, it really is. they got got good role players too, like Casby. Seth Curry has offered something. I I don't think he's as, anywhere near as good as his brother, but he's a good shooter. And, and as Miami approving at the moment. In fact, as Miami proved when they won their ring, you need shooters to space the floor
1: yeah and the thing is they've got tradable assets as well, like Darren Collison can be traded, Costa Kufos can be traded, Coron Butler can be traded, so they they have the tools to get better as well, which I wouldn't like you look at Brooklyn who are a mess, which is what Sacramento was supposed to be. They're in a much better situation than any of us predicted they would be. So uh, they could be getting into the early 2000s years with Sea Those times might be coming back.
0: I hope so, because by all accounts, they were very good at, oh, to watch at that Oh, they were incredible.
1: Time. If it wasn't for dodgy officiating against Matt's Lakers, they would have yeah. been in
0: at least one NBA Finals. Yeah, they probably would have beaten the Nets as well in that Finals if they'd gotten through. Yeah, that was dodgy officiating that one. You can watch that one on YouTube. Yeah, it's the worst game I've ever seen. I'm not, I'm not even sure it was fixed. I just think it was officials failing to do their job properly.
1: Yeah, because if, if you look at the end of game stats, like the fouls are so heavily against Sacramento, it's laughable.
0: Yep. That's why, that's probably why everyone hates the Lakers.
1: Well, yeah, it, it just appears that they, they paid off a, a refereeing unit to win a game.
0: Yes. Last team we're talking about, and this is we're gonna spend a fair bit of time on this one. New Orleans Pelicans coming into the air. I was high on them. I have them comfortably making the playoffs. I really bought into the Gentry hire. It's not worked out. First things first. How much of injuries that have decimated this team?
1: That's what it is. I mean. They've been destroyed by injuries. Tyreek, Drew Holiday, Eric Gordon, Kendrick Perkins. The list goes on. Quincy Pondexter this week has undergone surgery. You can't count for that. And then Dell Temps basically kept the exact same roster, which is a slow roster, and hired this up-tempo
0: coach. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's been my problem. Because a lot of people have sort of laid into Gentry, go, oh, you're you can only cope when you've got Nash and um. Well, what's he supposed to do? He's got Omer sheep yeah. at centre. Yeah, exactly. He is not a small ball centre. He's he?
1: awful. But, and, like we both love Ryan Anderson. He doesn't really fit Gentry's offense.
0: No, Ryan Anderson likes to slow things down. I think.
1: Yeah, he does, and he's a very good shooter. But you can't have that in Gentry's offense where he just slows the ball. That's I what think... made Draymond so good. Is he's fast.
0: I think there's three players on that roster who fit what Gentry wants to do. Drew Holiday, Davis, just because Davis can fit any offense. Yeah. And then, and someone like Luke Babbitt, but he's expendable, because there's a lot of shooters out there. I, I kind of feel, because everyone's going, oh, you can only coach when you've got Nash or Curry, but, you know, people kind of ignore that Greg Popovich has always had Tim Duncan, and Doc Rivers had Paul Pierce, Rayan and Kevin Garnett. Of course you need good players to win games. You know, it's, that's not really a, for me, a valid, Argument or criticism is just absolute rubbish when people come out with stuff like that. But it's I, for me, maybe this is good this year because they're going to get a good draft pick, and I hope they fire Del Demps because he sucks. He is a fact, now that King is gone, he's the worst gem in the league by far. I think.
1: Yeah, and they can't afford to sack him because there are going to be guys available, and yeah. I just don't know how you can. Keep the likes of Ashik, Ajinsa, get Kendrick Perkins, and expect results. I mean, to be fair, Perkins started the year pretty well.
0: Yeah, but, Perkins is definitely a better fit than the other two guys, but Perkins is bad. Yeah, he's, he's just
1: bad, and so that's the thing. And you've got Drew Holiday, who has been back, but is on a limit, like a minute's restriction. What's Gentry supposed to do?
0: Yeah, he. he if you hire a coach, you give him pieces for his system, and then if he doesn't get results with the pieces, that's on him. That no blame goes on Gentry for me.
1: No, it, did... it doesn't for me. People had unrealistic expectations because the Pelicans made the playoffs. The Pelicans made the playoffs because Oklahoma City were without Durant and Westbrook for most of the season. If they if they're healthy, New Orleans don't get in, and they're... They're still rebuilding.
0: They were not a good team last year.
1: No, they really weren't.
0: They were... They were bang average at both ends. They were okay. They weren't well coached. The, uh, the thing is, if you watch the Pelicans, like, you could see a genius because every time they have a timeout, he draws up an open look for someone. And the amount of coaches in the league who just go to ISO out of timeouts, it's... You know he clearly knows what he's doing. There's absolutely no doubt about it to me. That that Rossini's an overhaul, like it really does. Their starting small forward is Alonzo G. He's, he's an
1: okay defender, but that's all he can do. Well,
0: yeah, but he can't shoot, and that's what Gentry's offense needs. And Tyreek Evans just he doesn't fit that team at all. They should trade him. Right yeah, right? they're going.
1: To, they're going. They're going to have to trade somebody. They are the main team that I'm going to be looking for. The deadline, because they have so many guys who do not fit who they can get stuff back for. Because they have talented guys, but
0: Tyreek doesn't fit that system. He's a good player. But Tyreek to Utah, but then again, Utah don't really have a lot to give back. I, I actually really think
1: Alec Burks might be really good in Gentry's offense.
0: Yeah, I don't know if you saw this, Dwayne Wade was doing a Q and... Uh... Someone went, who's the most underrated player in the league? And he went, Alec Burks, he does business.
1: I really like Alec Burks. I I think he struggled to live up to the contract he got given. But now it doesn't look so stupid with all the other contracts flying around. He can handle the ball. He's pretty good running an offense. And he can score.
0: Well, that's been the problem with Eric Gordon. Because if you run that system, you need two ball handlers at least. Eric Gordon cannot handle the ball. But like he can't even shoot anymore. He's not very good at anything. But they certainly need some guys. You, I'm looking at their roster now. Norris Cole needs to go. He is terrible. He shoots so many deep twos. I think Drew Holiday's got to go. They, I mean, who are they keeping? Davis, Pondexter. That's about it, isn't it? That's all I'd keep. <laughs>
1: not going to yeah. lie. That's all I'd keep. I'm not really a fan of many of their players.
0: What's really sad is I follow the Bird Rights, which is the SB Nation Pelicans blog, and when Pondexter went out, they said what's sad is he's probably the best small forward in franchise history, and he's played about 40 games.
1: Yeah, that's, and he was a steal last
0: year. Yeah, he really was, but it's quite sad that Quincy Pondexter is their best ever small so who's forward. Who's having
1: to play small forward now, Luke Babbitt and Dante Cunningham? salonzo G. Well, yeah, that's. I mean, is that the trio they're going with to try and... Replace Bondexter,
0: yeah. That's Podder, not good. a good shooter. is a very good player. Memphis really missed him. It's uh,
1: a damn thing is they if they make these moves like we want them to, they're gonna have to get young guys because they're not gonna compete next year because other teams will get better. Utah will get healthy. Sacramento will get better. So they're not gonna have, there's not gonna be a playoff spot for
0: them. The good thing is they've got Davis tied down until twenty twenty one, so they've got time, but they have to get their pick in this draft right. They really do. Evans, he's gotta be moved. He I, I kind of like him. I think he's a strange decision maker. Maybe he'd suit someone like Miami a bit better, because he is a ball stopper, but either way, you know, something needs to happen at this stage. So yeah, it's it's dark times at the moment for New Orleans sports because the Saints suck as well. Yeah. At least they got Sean Payton. Well, that's the weird thing. The Saints
1: and the Pelicans both have really good coaches. And yeah. yet the
0: rosters are so bad. Yeah, that Mickey Loomis, who is the Saints GM, he's also involved with the Pelicans, so maybe he's the problem.
1: Oh, yeah, it's because the Benson family on them, don't they?
0: Yeah, well, I've been to the stadiums. They're right next to each other. It's kind of weird, actually.
1: I just I think the beauty they have is when it comes to free agency, they have the pitch of, you are going to play with Anthony Davis. Yes. And that's that could get a lot of guys there. A guy I really want to see go there, I hope they make the cap room to get him. I'd love to see them max out Mike Conley.
0: Oh yeah, Mike put him Carvin's with Anthony good.
1: Davis, Mike Gaze, That would be incredible.
0: Put him in Alvin Gentry's offense.
1: I, that, uh, that's the one big move I want to see. If Conley leaves Memphis, I'd love to see him in New Orleans.
0: I just want to see Conley leave Memphis and go to a team where he actually any team where he can be unleashed.
1: Yeah, where he's not Zach Randolph and Marcus Starks' third string.
0: Yeah, I kind of feel for him in the situation he's in right now.
1: I do too. I, there's plenty of guys who could fit in
0: their Gentry's system. I mean, Harrison Barnes is a free agent. Yes. That's a logical yeah, choice. That's a good pick-up because he's played in his system before at Golden State.
1: Yeah, Mo Spates is tradable. He's not a great player, but he knows the system. He could step in as a centre for them. That, that's this- the issue that they're going to have for Gentry. It's everybody's going to assume that Golden State free agents are going to go there.
0: Well, they might do. They all loved him, though. Well, yeah, it,
1: it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I, if they want a point guard who can run the system, Sean Livingston
0: can do it. Yep, yeah, he could. I think you're going to see that. They're not going to go after like Clay Thompson at any point. Oh no, it's not like going to be one. That it's going to be yeah, it's going to be little role players, isn't it? Because when Jack Vaughn was at the Magic, he went after Spurs bench players. Yeah, it makes so, sense. They they've got. They'll be fine next year. I know that's really looking into the future, but yeah, you know, if you look at mock drafts, that's it's very early to look at mock drafts. But I still do it. Yeah, you know, there, there's some good guards in this draft, isn't there?
1: Yeah, love Chris Dunn from Providence.
0: I think they'll go for a guard. I really do. I think they'll they'll look and get in a point guard who who can run that offense for the future. The ideal one, I'd like to see them end up with Brandon Ingram.
1: Yeah. I just, they just need a guy who can shoot the free, which obviously is big in Gentry's offense, and a guy who's not afraid to handle the ball. But they need a guy who, like Steph Curry, is happy to give up the big shot because Steph is great at dishing out to Clay, taking the double team and moving it. I think that's a guy. That's what Ingram can do.
0: Yeah, they, they need something. They don't just need a good draft pick. They need a um They what am I trying to say? They need a good draft pick and a good free agency. Yeah, I think
1: their draft will obviously influence what they do in free agency, but if I was them I'd see if I could make a trade for Mike Conley during the season. I mean Memphis need pieces. If you were to give up Drew Holiday and Tyreek Evans, that might work. Because they need scorers in Memphis and Tyreek can score in the right system and Drew Holiday can handle the ball.
0: Most definitely. It's it's going to be a very interesting time. The first thing they've got to do is get rid of Del Demps because he's just not very good. Yeah. He's bad, but that's the end of the podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. We've covered a lot. There should be one more coming out this weekend as well. I don't know who will be on that. but We will see. Uh, if you have any questions, we always answer them. We didn't have any questions for this one, but we will always answer them. Yeah, just send them in to Double Clutch NBA UK and we will do our best to get them. If you want us to discuss any teams, just mess it. We will. You know, we, we don't really care if we've already done it. If someone asks us, we will do it again. It's goodbye from me and goodbye from Tom.
1: Did they send somebody else out here? Sorry coach, it's you and me. Okay. Marcus Aldridge is one for six, Tim Duncan two for six. You, have to you gotta tell me about... that
0: stuff? I already know that. Okay, what What's the to... question? How do you get to be more involved in the fourth quarter? I'll ask him nicely to shoot the ball better. How's that? What the hell you want me to do? I don't know, Jonathan Simmons. Players play. You shoot, it goes in or it doesn't. What's the second question? Jonathan Simmons. For us that don't know much about him, what do you hope to get out of him when we see him in the fourth quarter? I want him to play well. How's that? Will we see him?
1: Yeah, it's been nice talking to you. All
0: right, thanks a lot. Back here, you, Marv. a very patient and respectful <laughs> man.